Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for the truth that this question was answered. Who is this child? What child is this? And thank you, Lord, that you have revealed this is Christ the King. We thank you, Lord, for for revealing that to us and that he also brings salvation. Thank you for the wonder of it all at Christmas time now. And now as we open your word, we pray in Jesus' name that you would, Lord, speak to our hearts. Amen. You know, Hanukkah is a wonderful holiday. Today Today is Hanukkah. It's the fifth day of Hanukkah today. And it's a, it's a wonderful celebration of, of God honoring the courage of one Jewish family called the Maccabees. Kind of an interesting name. It means hammer. How would you like to have a name like the hammers? But God used them, and, and, and God, through them, provided for a special need when the temple needed to be dedicated, rededicated, really. And the history of Hanukkah is interesting because it, it goes back, it happened during uh, what's known as the dark period of time, 400 years, that spanned from the, from the end of the last book in the Old Testament, from Malachi until the writing of the New Testament. That's the dark period of 300 years. And it happened over 2,000 years ago when the Jewish people were, at that time, under an Egyptian rule. And the Egyptians... Relatively speaking, they left the Jewish people alone. So they let them continue in their sacrifices and their practices in the temple in Jerusalem. They just didn't interfere. And that was going on until the Egyptians were conquered and invaded by a ruler in Syria who was Greek. But his armies were made up of Syrians. His name was Antiochus IV Epiphanes. And what Antiochus did is he didn't do the practice of the Egyptians. He came in and said, no, the Jews will no longer be able to worship their God, no more sacrifices, and he desecrated the temple and actually had pigs offered on the altar there in a desecration. He desecrated everything in the temple in Jerusalem, and he set up a statue to the Greek god Zeus and commanded all the Jewish people they should stop worshiping and sacrificing to Jehovah. And instead, he commanded that the temple in Jerusalem would be used to to worship Zeus, the Greek god Zeus. Well, when that happened, the Jewish high priest, who was Mattathias Maccabee, he decided that's enough. He'd had enough. And so that was the time when he was going to take a stand against Antiochus and his, his Syrian army. So he had five sons, 
And what they did is they waged a guerrilla warfare against the Syrians. And the uprising by Mattathias was led by his, his, one of his sons called Judas, Judah Maccabee. And so they carried out this guerrilla warfare, and after three years, they were victorious in driving the Syrians out of Jerusalem. And then the priests quickly moved to, to cleanse the temple, sanctify it, and the most important thing that they wanted to do was to relight the eternal light, to relight the, the, the menorah or the candelabra that had been put out. So they searched around for oil, uh, uh, oil, and, and they couldn't find enough oil. As a matter of fact, all they could find was a very small amount of oil for the menorah, for the candelabra, that would only last for one day, and it took eight days to make and to sanctify new oil for the temple in, in, in there. So they started this eight-day process of making the new oil, and they expected that the oil that they found, which was only one day's worth, that it would be gone after one day. But one day happened, and the oil lasted, and it lasted into the second day. One day's worth of oil lasted into the second day, and then into the third day, and then into the fourth day, and then into the fifth day, and then into the sixth day, and into the seventh day, and into the eighth day, and then the new oil was replaced. That was a miracle. It was a miracle that one day's worth of oil lasted eight days. That was the miracle. And, and, and so Hanukkah is celebrated in Jewish homes over eight days. And on each day, a new candle is lit to commemorate each day, each new day, that God kept the oil burning until the new oil could be made possible. Now, for me personally, it's so exciting to light a new candle every day and to think of how the oil lasted through each day. As a matter of fact, when the last candles are being lit, it's the greatest excitement to think of how God kept the one day's oil lasting five days, which is today, today's the fifth day. Five days, then six days, then seven days, then eight days. But the real focus of Hanukkah is, is not really on the oil that lasted eight days. The focus of Hanukkah is not really on light. The focus of Hanukkah is on dedication. Hanukkah, when the temple was dedicated to God after it was de desecrated by this Greek ruler in, in, from Syria. And as a matter of fact, the word Hanukkah has nothing to do with light. The word Hanukkah comes from the Hebrew word Hanuk, which means dedication. So Hanukkah is really the feast of dedication. And we see in the New Testament that the Lord Jesus Christ was in the temple during this feast of dedication. And that, if you like to turn to that, is John 10, 22. John 10, 22, where it speaks of him in the temple during this time of Hanukkah or the feast of dedication. John 10, 22. And it was at Jerusalem... The Feast of Dedication, Hanukkah. It was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So what we want to do now is to focus on Hanukkah as it is given to us as the Feast of Dedication and try to make Hanukkah a little personal for each one of us. I mean, what's so great about Hanukkah? I mean, we just have these great Christmas songs that we've sung and we've listened to. Hanukkah comes at the time of Christmas, and that's great. 
it's meaningful because there's a relationship between Christmas and Hanukkah. And, it, and, 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 and at Christmas, we sit back in amazement as we listen to what the angels proclaimed of this baby in the manger that we just were hearing about. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to our newborn king. Christ by heaven highest adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased uh, pleased, uh, with us in flesh to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel, or our God with us. So what we do at Christmas is that we adore the Lord Jesus Christ as the everlasting Lord, veiled in flesh, the Godhead we see. We hail the incarnate deity. And this is what we do at Christmas time. We stand back and admire and adore God who became a man to die for our sins. But in a sense, we're very similar to the wise men. The wise men came from the east, and they wanted to do something. They wanted to do something, so they brought gifts. And this is where Hanukkah comes in, because Christmas is the feast of the incarnation, God becoming a man, which is factual. It's the wonder of it all. But Hanukkah is the feast of dedication, where we dedicate ourselves to the Lord. Christmas is factual, Hanukkah is responsive. Our Hanukkah of dedication is our response to the Christmas of the incarnation of God becoming a man. At Christmas, we stand back in utter amazement at God. He came in the flesh. He came in the person of the Lord Jesus in such humble circumstances. That's what we do. We, we stand back in amazement. At Hanukkah, we step forward to dedicate ourselves to the Lord Jesus. Hanukkah is responsive to the fact of Christmas and our dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what's so great about Hanukkah is that it comes, it coincides with Christmas, and it also comes at the end of a year when you look forward to a new year. So we close out one year and we look to start another year, and Hanukkah challenges us to dedicate ourselves to God. So now, for each of the eight candles, let's ascribe a new dedication to the Lord. You can't see me, but you don't need to. <laughs> okay. So the first candle of Hanukkah, or the dedication, that makes really the, the candle of dedication our body. The, the, first of all, the Hanukkah was, as we said, was when the temple in Jerusalem was dedicated to God. Now, there's, these are four candles here. There's four candles here. You'll notice the central candle here is not part of the eight. It stands higher than the others. And, that's, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But when we look at this, we understand that the Bible calls the temple the house of God. In Isaiah 56, 7, Isaiah 56, 7, it says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifice shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. When the Lord Jesus Christ spoke about his body, he called his body the temple of God. 
in John 2.19. John 2.19, he said, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up again. Then said the Jews, 40 and six years was the temple in making and building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. And in the Bible, the same is true of us. Our bodies are called the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, 1 Corinthians 6.17, For he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Fornication, flee fornication. Every spirit, every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, you're not your own. The greatest threat to the body of man in, in being the temple of God are sexual sins. That's the greatest defilement, the greatest threat. Any sexual activity outside of marriage is sin, and it defiles the body as God's temple. When a person engages in sexual activity outside of marriage, it is just like the Syrians who came in and defiled the temple. But if a person has done that, thank God, there's a way back. There's a way back to God through repentance, which is to determine, I'm not going to do it again, through cleansing and rededication to the Lord, which is what the first candle represents. It represents the body. The first candle, we're saying here, represents the body. And the Bible calls on us to dedicate our bodies to God. It says in Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, the central candle here, which is called in Hebrew the shamas, the shamas, it's the can- shamas means in Hebrew the servant, the servant, the servant. It was always the joke because I would say, how come I don't have a Hebrew name? And my dad would say, you do, you're Thomas the Shamus. But anyway, the Shamus, he's the one who sees the persons to their seats. He's the usher. He's the one who lights the candles. And he, and, and the Shamus candle is a symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke twenty two twenty seven, I am among you as he that serveth. That makes him the Shamus. So that's the statement there that he made in John twenty two twenty seven, defying the Lord Jesus as the shamus. And all the candles are lit by the shamus. And the meaning behind that is when we say, we're too weak. We don't have the strength to dedicate our bodies to God. Then the Lord Jesus of the shamus says, I will light the fire of the dedication of your bodies, your bodies to God. So the shamus lights the first candle the candle of dedication of our bodies to God. So in order to help us to dedicate our bodies to God, the shamus comes along and lights the first candle. That's not part of the script. Anybody called the fire department yet? Okay. So that's the first one, is the fire of the dedication of our bodies. Now, the next one. The heart is the place where we love. It's the place where we think. It's the place where we make decisions. The heart is the place of the mind and will and emotions. And God calls each one of us to give him our hearts 
when he says in Proverbs 23, 26, Proverbs 23, 23, 26, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. The greatest commandment in the Bible is a commandment that God gives to man about his heart. It says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, Deuteronomy 6, 5, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. So God wants us to love him with all of our hearts. That's what I was saying earlier, but Caleb wasn't here, so now he gets to hear it. Caleb is a great name in the Bible. Caleb, maybe you always felt bad because your name means dog, and you say, why did my dad name me dog? I don't want to be dog. Actually, Caleb doesn't mean dog. Caleb is made up of two Hebrew words, kol, kal, which is all, and lev, heart, all heart. And so we should all have a name of Caleb, or all heart. So that's what we want to call the second candle here as the dedication of our heart. So let's call the second candle. We call this the dedication of our hearts. And when we say that, we don't, sometimes we just, again, we don't see, I, I, I can't get together a whole heart. I, I just don't have the strength to dedicate my heart to God. And that's where the Lord Jesus, as the shamus, says, I will light the fire of the dedication of your hearts to God. So the shamus lights the second candle of the dedication of our hearts to God. The verses that follow this with the greatest commandment to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts go on to say, and by the way, with that part in there was Deuteronomy 6.5. That's part of the, the, the Shema, which starts off in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And then it goes on to say the verse we just covered. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. But then it goes on and says, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shall talk of thee when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and then when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now when you think about it, those activities teaching God's word diligently to our children, talking about God's word when we sit down in our house, talking about God's word when we walk, by the way, talking about God's word when we lie down at night, talking about God's word when we get up in the morning, that takes a lot of time. It's a lot of time. As a matter of fact, really, that's most of the time of the day. And our time is the most precious commodity that we have. And when you couple all these activities together with how often the Bible commands us in addition to pray, like in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing, in other words, all the time, then you've, it's all, most of our time. That's why we want to call the third candle the candle of the dedication of our time to God. Third candle. And when we say when we say, well, we just don't have enough time. We don't have enough. We, we can't do that. We don't have, there's not enough time. I, I have too much to do. I, I, and then the Lord Jesus, as the shamas says, let me come and help you. Let me come and help you. I will light the fire of the dedication of your time to God. And so the shamas then helps us by lighting the dedication of our time to God. Now, the old saying goes, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And that's true. That's true. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that 
what we think about determines who we are. In Proverbs 23, 7, Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The thoughts of the mind determine the character of the person. Through its media, the world exerts a tremendous pressure on our minds to squeeze us into its mold, to conform to its mold. And God calls us to resist and instead to turn to God for that our, our, of, in relation to what our minds think about. And in Romans 12, 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we resist the world's thinking when we do what the Bible says to do in Colossians 3.2, Colossians 3.2, which is set your affection on things above, not on things below. The Bible tells us what to think about in Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We set our affections and we think about God when we practice this art of meditation on God's word. It says in Psalm 1 verse 2, Psalm 1 verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord and his law does he meditate day and night. That's why we want to call this fourth candle the candle of the dedication of our minds. And when we say we, our minds just float around, we don't have any power over it. The wind comes and there goes our mind. There's too much trash in our minds. Then the shamus comes, the Lord Jesus, and he says, let me cleanse you. Let me take care of that. I will light the fire of the dedication of your minds to God. And so the Lord Jesus comes and he does that. Now, in lighting these, as you see here, the dedication of our body, the dedication of our heart, dedication of our time, dedication of our mind, I want you to see yourself in each of this. And as I light each candle here to say in your own heart, I will do that. I will let the Lord Jesus, I want to dedicate these parts. Now, we spend most of our working time at work, and God wants us to dedicate our work to him. It says in Colossians 3.17, Colossians 3.17, whatsoever thing, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. God has a spiritual work for each of us to do. And when we see the Lord separating people for his work, we understand. In Acts 13.2, Acts 13.2, where it says, as they ministered uh, to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them unto. As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he spoke of his life work, he said, it's meat. It's meat to me. Meaning that doing the will of God was what kept him alive, was what he wanted to do. In John 4.34, John 4.34, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 